she was climbing the recliner. She was like laying there. She's like, oh, this is so nice. And I said, yeah, that's a, it's pretty comfortable, isn't it? She was like, I'm going to name it Sam. We'll <laughs> <laughs> pet him and love him and call him Sam. Episode 272, which is the opposite of, no, it's not the opposite, it's, it's a, it's a palindromic, it's a scramble, it's a scramble of, of, of the spinoff from the Two, Jeffersons, right? That was not a spinoff of the Jeffersons, 227 was its own show. Which was the spinoff Marla, from the Jeffersons? Marla Gibbs did not play um, Florence. Okay. The Maid, two two seven. That was a different show. Was there a spinoff of the Jeffersons? I'm pretty the sure there was the involving the Jeffersons. Was a spinoff of, uh, yeah, Good Times. Was no. that it? The Jeffersons was a spinoff of All in the Family, but then there was no, a no, spinoff no. of the Jeffersons. All in the Family spun off Maud, and Maud's Maid was was <laughs> was um, what's her name? No, but that that's Good Times came from Maud. What came from Jeffersons? I don't know. But Archie Bunker was friends with. George Jefferson. Well, before friends. he made it big and moved to the east side. <laughs> if you want to call it friends, they, well, were, they weren't really sure. friends. Right. Let's talk to our guests and see. Maybe he knows. I'm Mike. That's Craig. Hi. And this is Ray. Hey, what's up? Welcome back, Ray. Yeah, you know, yeah. been a while. What spun off from the Jeffersons? Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, don't know. If only there were some, <laughs> a font of, of Hold on, only, information yes, oh, that was accessible from our various devices, devices that we keep in our yes. pocket that could be accessed within seconds. So apparently there was a spinoff. There was a very short lived spinoff called checking in. Oh yeah. That was the spinoff with, with, uh, Florence, Marla Gibbs. Yes with Florence. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, it didn't last. <laughs> she went, she left the, the Jefferson's employ because they decided that the smart crack, you know, the, the, the smart ass wise cracking maid could carry her own show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when she was best as instead being the best part of the Jefferson's. But two, two, but Marla Gibbs then went on to star in two, two, seven. So that's la- why that I got later. it confused. Yes. Okay. But was two, two, seven, a spinoff from something. I don't believe so. It was its own show. Right. Um, all in the Family became Archie Bunker's place later mm-hmm. after the show had changed so much and it was really Archie was the only character that was left. Because um, <laughs> uh, Meathead but, and uh, the daughter moved out and she went to and then Edith Af- died. Africa to eat yeah. all the food from to prevent okay, the starving okay, children okay, from okay. eating it. And then, and then the, Jeffersons, and... the Jeffersons spun off and that spun off checking in. Maud spun off. That spun off Good Times. Um, it also spun off Gloria. Who got her own? They decided to give Gloria a divorce from Mike because Rob Reiner was now directing movies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have time to. So Gloria ran for a season, um, and they also tried to reinvent it back in the early '90s, if you recall. If you recall, with a show called Seven Hundred Four Hauser, yep. which is their address, where they put a black family in the same set, yep. basically, and had the the black dad be kind of a you know surly, doesn't like the white man too much. And, you know, kind of reinvented the, yeah, reinvented, you know, Re- rebooted. rebooted it with the same basic premises, just in a modern, more modern setting right. at the time with a, with a different race. And uh, I'm imagining, I think I probably watched an episode or two of that. This says that the Jeffersons was abruptly and unexpectedly canceled in 1985. Wow. I didn't know that. It I don't remember long. that. It just stopped. Oh, here's the flip on it. The parents were the liberals. In 704 Hauser? In 704 Hauser, and their conservative son and his white girlfriend were the, <laughs> the catalyst for the... So they, yeah, the parents were liberal. They were... I um, mean, the, the, the son was like... It was, it was, you know, maybe the black version of Family Ties, <laughs> where the son is the super sure. Reagan-worshipping liberal or uh, conservative and the... The parents were hippies. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Ray, how's it going? 
It's going. <clears throat> it's going. I hear tell that uh, you have a home. I do. I it have. Is now, it is no longer just a house. It is now a home. That you're just <laughs> you're just saying Ray has a heart because home is where the heart is, right? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Definitely. That's. Uh... You also have a house. That is to call your home. That has now become a home because it's not just a house. He's actually moved things into it and made it into a home and brought Ooh. and brought the young one with him. Yes. Yep. Which was, yep. which is important uh, <laughs> for the record. It is. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You after, know. After what? all the Me trials too. and tribulations you went through to get her. Oh yeah. Both you know born in the first place and then now recently, with all oh, the problems yeah. there have been. No, it sounds yep. like everything is going well over there. Uh, it it is it is it's um uh the house that I bought was probably a little a little more than I wanted to spend initially and a little bigger than what I had originally planned on getting. They don't but, they don't make them the size that <laughs> yeah people that don't have four kids want. <laughs> you kind of have to buy an extra room like this one where we're recording the podcast. Where, yeah, the, uh, you got to find something to do with those rooms. Like Mike and Allison aren't having kids. So it's like, let's have a podcast. Sure. <laughs> we'll name it Nerd Burger. And it's five years old now. <laughs> so so this house, um, I have my own actual office space on the ground floor. Nice. Um, and there is... Uh, for lack of a better term, I'm, I'm calling it like the front room or sometimes I refer to it as the sitting room or the, maybe the music room. Cause I you haven't decided it, what I'm going to do with you it. You should yet. call it the parlor, the parlor. There you go. That's probably what I should call it. With, it with um, an O U R. Is that the one on the right when you walk in? Yes. The, yes. I think that's, well, you, you produced a video <laughs> tour <laughs> of the home before you moved your stuff in. And, I did. Um, I'm I'm remembering that I thought there must have been like a plate rail or something going on in that room. Like I, it, there was nothing in it, but it, I, I I assumed it was supposed to be the formal dining room. The, yeah, that's in the back of that room. So when you first walk in the door and you turn to the right, <clears throat> there's like this uh, there's this kind of front room kind of area, and there's a piano in it that the previous owners left. Wow. Oh, so there yeah, are there are two rooms <laughs> over there. Okay. Yeah, I'm pianos misremembering. Are, pianos are a pain in the pain in the neck to move. Uh, um, do we really <clears throat> want this? <laughs> well, yeah, so, right? hey, it looks like Ray's going to have a piano until he moves. Did they? <laughs> did, did they leave it and not tell you, or did they? Were they like, "Hey, uh, you, want a, you want a piano? <laughs> you want you want a piano?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> um, and, well, it kind of went down like, "Hey, we're leaving the piano. Hope that's okay with you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah we. And, uh, yeah, whatever. That's fine. I left the piano in my other place, so. Hey, look, um, it, it looks nice. <laughs> Even if you don't do anything with it, it's a nice piece of furniture. You just it got it's you a just, nice thing to have in a room. You you re-upped your your piano contract and and yep. <laughs> got a new a different model. And it's and it's more in tune. So well, that's nice. Um, <clears throat> we had the same yeah, situation I, here with the basketball hoop in the driveway that I wanted them to take, and Allison yes. insisted she was going to use. Guess uh-huh. how many times Allison has used the basketball hoop in our driveway? Precisely zero. Correct. Ooh, I was going to guess once. And now it's damaged because my dad backed into it. So now we're never getting rid of it. I'm just going yeah, to have left... to throw it in the creek. <laughs> they left the basketball hoop here, too. Um, so, yeah, that so that front room has got a piano in it. I'm thinking about putting, like, some shelves so I can put some books. So kind of make it kind of a music room slash library. Um and then, uh, and the then the room past that that's on the right is the dining room. Oh. So that that whole wing of the house right now, I kind of feel like it's like the Wayne Manor because that whole wing of the house, there's nothing in it. There's like a <laughs> piano, and then there's like a china cabinet that I got from my grandma when she passed away, that I'm just really basically holding on to for my brother right now. So like that whole wing of the house is just empty. Um, Ray needs to I go have, shopping. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> And I had a furniture budget set up nice. that I was that I was planning on furnishing the entire house. Um, I grossly underestimated um, how much I was going to spend per room, um, even though I had done some internet shopping um, and I had you know picked out some stuff. Um, but once I saw the stuff that I picked out, I was like, <laughs> in person, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it was like, not only is it cheap, but it looks cheap. So, uh, and I really didn't want to stick a bunch of cheap crap in this house. So, uh, what I ended up doing was 
I went to a furniture store and I walked in, I'm wandering around and I'm pretty picky when it comes to like living room furniture, for example. And I saw this furniture set in there. And uh, other than the fact that I swapped the the, the uh, love seat out for a recliner, I basically said, just give me the whole set. So pillows, lamps, knickknacks, <clears throat> couch, um, or sofa, uh, recliner, <laughs> you know, recliner that doesn't look like a recliner. That's nice. Um, you know, and it's like I got all this stuff, and but I pretty much blew my furniture budget. But, On the living room. Yeah. It's the but, room you're going to spend the most time in, though, so. Right. Other exactly. than other than the bedroom while sleeping, which doesn't count because you're unconscious. Sure, exactly. And so Kaylee loves the recliner so much that she named it Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a, a middle name or a last name. It's just Sam. It's just Sam. Yeah. Okay. So she was she was like she was climbing the recliner. She was like laying there. She's like, oh, this is so nice. And I said, yeah, that's a, it's pretty comfortable, isn't it? She's like. I'm going to name it Sam. Ah! <laughs> we'll pet him and love him and call him Sam. <laughs> yep. Hey, there's something to be said for like getting into something super comfortable. I recently, I mean, I, I replace my bed linens occasionally, but this time I did like a whole deal. I replaced everything that goes on the bed, including Inclu- brand including new- the mattress. Well, not on, <laughs> that goes on the bed. Well, my mattress is fine, sure, but everything you know, nice and soft, and sure, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. clean and soft, and sheet and set, pillowcases, nothing's, pillow, pillows, nothing's worn down, the brand comforter. new, super fluffy duvet, like, duvet, duvet cover. No, but like being in a, it's like the laying my head on that pillow is like being on a cloud. Did you get a my pillow? <laughs> it's wonderful. No, I don't know what that is. I got a pillow. I found a. For the, I bought two pillows online. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Quick note. Can I tell you how my parents tried my to... MyPillow, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Jeez. I love my MyPillow. <laughs> You're my MyPillow? My MyPillow, yeah. Can I tell you quickly? How Although that... I recommend bu- going up a level in firmness from whatever it tells you. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Can I tell you the story of how my parents tried to kill me and my brothers? With no, I'm, I'm going to derail with, you a third time. With the, uh, um, <laughs> with the basketball hoop at our house? <laughs> tried to kill you? Yeah, they tried to murder us. <laughs> well, wait, wait, is this attempted murder or is this a, a, a attempted uh, manslaughter? Um, I, I don't know. This isn't manslaughter when it's accidental. I don't, I don't know how Wisconsin classifies okay. those. So originally there was a basketball hoop on the roof of the garage at the edge of the roof, right? Which is classic. This sounds familiar. This right? is classic. Have no, you told I've never done it. Is, that, that's, that's classic Midwest. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if the if if even if if there's no car in the garage or even if there is a car in the garage, you can run, you know, go up and shoot a layup and kind of run under the hoop a little bit and not immediately run into something. Sure. With you the know, door open. Can, with right. the door open. Yeah, you yeah. can run through. Um, and you're also, you know, well, we'll get to the other part. Okay. So then they decided to take that and not have it on the edge of the roof anymore because it was a pain in the ass to clean around with leaves and, and gunk that got up there and. You know, when you had to clean off the gutters and then get around behind the sure. backboard. So they put up a basketball hoop on a steel pole mm-hmm. on the side of the uh, driveway. driveway set in concrete yep. in a foundation. Yep. I had one of those. They put that up. And this is now what we went from being able to run under and not run into something to having a steel pole that was right there that, that we had to be that careful. the backboard is mounted directly to <laughs> yeah. not another pole coming out horizontally no it's to give right, you that extra it's space right there uh-huh yeah um it, it you know it maybe it was maybe a foot out it was mounted off of the pole by a foot so you if you're not careful when you're running up underneath there you run right into the pole sure number two um now the thing's on the side of the driveway so imagine you're facing you're standing on the driveway and you're facing um the right side of the driveway where the backboard is where the hoop is now move to the left up the driveway Okay. If you shoot a bank shot and you miss it and you and you throw it hard enough and you miss it the right way, it bounces off the backboard and starts bouncing down the driveway to the street. Sure. Yeah, that's where the, way, the that's cars where the, go. Uh-huh. Yep. That's how those are typically laid out. Not only is that where the cars go, but there's also a fire hydrant <laughs> down by at the intersection of our driveway and the sidewalk. Okay. That the ball could bounce right toward. So you could run into the fire hydrant chasing after the chasing ball. after the ball or into the street chasing after the ball where the cars are <laughs> yes i did that a lot <laughs> did, did anyone hit the pole the fire that. hydrant or get hit by a car 
I, I ran into stuff. I don't think nobody got, got hit by a car, but I, I clipped I clipped that fire hydrant a few times over the years. Yeah. Bike riding or something. You're, you're riding along and you cut that corner. You know how you cut a corner quick on the sidewalk to the driveway? Sure. And uh, you cut it a little too quick. And I, I clipped my, you know, my right foot <laughs> on that thing. Just blinding pain shoots up your leg and you stop, fall off your bike. Yeah. How often did you get a tetanus shot when you were a kid? I only ever had one tetanus shot. <laughs> Just as a the, kid. The, the rusty fender thing. The rusty yeah. fender thing, yeah. When they had to get the tetanus shot right on the bone on the ankle. Ray, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so continuing the tour. Continuing the tour, yeah, yeah, sure. So um the the previous occupants had mounted a uh, flat screen TV over the fireplace. Now, I'm not a fan of TVs mounted over the fireplace. Especially because in this in this living room, there's a nice wide space between the two windows on the back of the house where a TV could have been mounted perfectly, so that you're not you know looking up, having, looking up at mm-hmm. the TV over the top of the fireplace. And then I also have concerns about you know in the wintertime, if I'm burning a fire, that heat coming up out of the fireplace and bathing this expensive TV in 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 heat. I've right? never, I've never understood that for for those two reasons. Why? Right. Like okay, either uh everything every chair and sofa you have has a recline feature um or your neck hurts all the time or and you also never use your fireplace to have a right. fire in. Right. <laughs> you know what I think it is? What what normally goes right above a fireplace? A, a, a nice big oil painting. No, 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 right above picture. The, right above the fireplace. The mantle. The mantle and what goes on the mantle? Knickknacks, uh, knickknacks, photographs, like sure. little thing, H- hummel things, figurines, little things that are re- representative of you and your home, and right. things yeah, that yeah. like you know are beloved things. Family, my double barrel shotgun. So that's why they, <laughs> that's why people put their flat screen right above their television. Yeah, because that's because the most one important of the, object. It's one of the most beloved things in their home, and yep. they want to call attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> so you're, I think you're close. Uh, so I was actually talking to Andy about this, you know, one of your other guests. Andy, to um, I hate yeah, him. Ouch. I cannot stand that guy. Are we recording? <laughs> As James learned last week, we're always recording. So um, he was over, and uh, you know we were talking about this because you know again these, the, the mounts are already up on the wall, and and when you mount, you know if you're going to stick like a you know seventy or eighty inch TV up on a wall, you've got to have some serious mounting brackets. Um, it's not just you know throwing a couple of screws or nails up in the wall and you hanging the TV. You don't put two nails on in, into the plaster. Right. <laughs> to the yeah. drywall and just hang your picture like that. Right. No, no, you got to get those screws with the plastic thing that flips out inside the drywall. Right. You know, so oh, holds yeah, it against you it. Go beyond that. Yeah, that's yeah, you got to go beyond that. So, <laughs> so, so it, yeah, so it really tears the drywall out when it you yep, get to replace the whole piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they had already had this big mounting bracket up above the fireplace, and I'm like, God, if I tear that out, then I've got gigantic, like you know, big half inch holes that are going to have to be repaired in that wall. On top of that, they had run a plate from where the cable comes in next to the fireplace. Um, they had run a plate through the wall, and there's a blue string run through this plate um, that runs up to another plate uh, that's up above the fireplace so that the cables aren't dangling outside. Right? Okay. So they're, they're running through the wall. That was, that was a pretty neat feature. Somebody, somebody thought that through. But they had this all set up up there already, and I'm like, you know what? I just – I don't – as much as I would rather have the TV between the windows – I guess I don't really feel like dealing with everything it's going to take to, to relocate this thing. So uh, so now I have a TV hung above a fireplace because just because that's the way it was before I got here. But um, it looks nice. And, and so Andy <laughs> says, Andy says this is the, and he says, the, the focal point of the room of a room that has a fireplace. The focal point of that room is the fireplace. That's true. And if you and if you hang a TV on a different wall. You now have two focal points in the room, and apparently from a design perspective, that is undesirable. So, Well, you... that, not necessarily. The problem is that houses built before 10 years ago were built to have the TV not on the fireplace. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, and this house was built in like 1991. So, I'm, you know, it's like, where would you put the TV? In the corner next to the fireplace, maybe? You know, I mean, I they, know. they were they were built for you to have the TV on a piece of furniture, like next to the fireplace, right. or you know, in the corner on the wall adjacent to the fireplace and the next sure. wall. 
and you know, so the problem is your seating arrange. The room is not designed for the seating arrangements required to have two focal points like that yes. on opposite walls. Yep. Yep. Yes, but uh, the, the thing about it is though is having the seating arrangement face the fireplace. That is a remnant of the '30s when you wanted to sit close to the fireplace because it kept you warm and because it was something <laughs> to look at. Right in your crappy while, house, while you maybe listen had to the nothing, radio yeah. if you were lucky that enough had to have a nothing radio. else going on in it. Little the right, fireplace, the hearth, little was orphan the, Annie the adventures. The hearth was get the your Dakota ring, kids. The center of the home, sure. The hearth, the hearth is the heart of the home, as it yeah. were. Or that's not the case anymore. Or hearth, <laughs> like that one contractor called it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what about what about <laughs> yeah. what about tea? What, what about like living rooms in the '60s? If you had a fireplace and also one of those newfangled color televisions. That was itself a piece of furniture. That was a piece of furniture yes. and a big Built console. A wooden, was a wooden cabinet. Yeah. yeah. And then yep. also, it's the 60s, so you had this really ornate piece of furniture over here that was covered in all sorts of uh, really fancy uh, liquor decanters because people decorated their living rooms in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you've got three focal points in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And if you've got a piano in that room, it's just chaos. <laughs> Or an organ. That was the big thing in the 70s. Oh, yeah, organs. sure. So the flip from the 60s to the 70s, you're still hanging on to that big alcohol dispensing cabinet. Yep. <laughs> and then you've got a, you get an organ. <laughs> an electric organ. Yep. We, we didn't have the, the alcohol dispensing uh, cabinet we when I grew up in our we piano. We didn't have that either, but my, my parents didn't, didn't really <laughs> drink. But I, I, I went to houses that, that was still a remnant. They still, yeah. you know, you'd go into oh, sure. There'd be a. Maybe not the living room, but like, you know, whatever there was, the the back, you know, the, the family room, the entertaining room. The den. The den. There would be like a little, yeah, there'd be like, yep. you know, a few liquor bottles and a couple things in decanters in like crystal things. And like the little, you know, a little ice, ice bucket, bucket and yeah. a mixer and all that. The whole deal. The shaker. My dad, my dad had a bar set up in our basement. I had a, yeah, neighbor, was... I had a neighbor whose parents had a bar and an organ. Yeah. <laughs> We did not have an organ. We had we did actually have a piano because uh, my stepmom played piano. So we had a piano in the uh, in the the living room. Uh, TV was in the family room. Um, as and and the TV was set up next to the fireplace in the corner. You know, the fireplace was on the back wall, and the TV was set up next to it. And then down in the basement, um, there was a glass sliding door that led out of the basement into the backyard because the the house was kind of set on a set on a hill. So. Um, you know, while the upstairs living room was was on on uh, the same level as the garage, uh, when you went down into the basement, you know, the basement had this nice glass sliding door that opened out into into the backyard, and uh, so he had his bar set up down there, and it was kind of a mostly finished basement. So that's where you know we played we played D and D down there, and that's where With I the uh, liquor, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, and, uh, I'm gonna get all zazzled and, and play D and D. Zazzled. That's, that's from the uh, the capers, capers, twenties. It's uh, in the lexicon in the dic- the little uh, glossary, glossary yeah. in the back there. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is the only Z word, right? Z I believe word. so. Well, I, I included like six or seven different words for intoxicated. I noticed that too. <laughs> well, of course you got to. It's the twenties, definitely. Um. Are we so, really, or, okay, where, where, where are we? Yeah, at? so, so yeah, let me, let me uh, throw this last bit in. Uh, so here's, when I moved out of my house in Cobb County, I was uh, just given the circumstances that happened there. You know, I literally, you know, I had a small, a small army of people come help me move stuff that one day. And we literally moved everything that I could possibly pack into a U-Haul in the space of about six hours. And, you know, and I concentrated on my personal stuff, which largely involved, you remember that, that daylight basement I had at the old place that had all the game stuff in it, right? Lots of game stuff. Lots of game stuff. All right. So some would say, some would say too much game stuff. They would be wrong. (laughs) There's no such thing. Just one, you know, before I moved into this house, I might have agreed with that statement. Uh oh. Um, that, <laughs> Are you giving away minis? Are you giving away minis? Because I'll take oh, minis. Will you? <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, do you want some minis? Do you want some little dolls, little plastic dolls? No, thanks. Little plastic geek dolls? Come on. He'll give you a so, bucket full. A bucket of dolls. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so what, so what, what have you found when you're trying to uh, arrange your gaming area? 
Well, so this house has, and Mike, you saw that video. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, the big bonus room that was oh, end yeah. the, at the end of, end of the hallway that had the really <laughs> unique um, ceiling. The bonus, um, the bonus above room. the garage, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so this this room is huge. Was it listed that way in the in the real estate listing? Bonus room, has, yeah, that's, has that's bonus room with unique yeah. ceiling. <laughs> no, not with unique ceiling, and just you know, it just said bonus room. Um, by by that, do you do you just mean that the there's lots of uh, slopes and uh, dormers and yeah, from, yeah, from yeah, because it's it's yeah, it's like a it's attic space. The top half of it, sure. the top half of it is the roof, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So. Um, as I've been moving things from, so I had a storage unit for the last couple of years and, and, and then I also had filled up my stepmom's bonus room with all my stuff. Where are people and as I, and I, as I've been I don't moving, have a bonus room. As I've been moving stuff down here to, uh, and, and trying to get, you know, my various spaces set up and I'm moving boxes and I'm finding game room, game room. Cause I did a, we did a pretty good job of labeling stuff. <laughs> you know, so stuff either says game room or basement on it. And if it said game room or basement, I knew that that had come from the basement at the old place. And I'm like, continue box after box after box. <laughs> it says game room and basement. Or I'm finding like storage bins that I'm like, uh, yep, that's, you know, that's old miniatures from the 19, from like the 1980s and 1990s. Um, you know, all the old metal miniatures, right? You know, and I'm finding like, I had an entire box of the print dragon and dungeon magazines uh, entire bin right um <laughs> i had a bin of games workshop uh white dwarf magazines from the 90s i'm like i didn't even know i had this stuff anymore you know, ray ray did you pack your bonus room floor to ceiling with minis and games and stuff boxes like you can't actually go in there it's just boxes <laughs> well no, there's kind of like this room it's boxes all the way down <laughs> <laughs> well, I packed everything against the walls, so there's okay. space to move in, and it's like, and, and I'm trying to like go through this stuff, and and here, here's the painful part. So, for example, I've got like a bin of D and D four ebooks, and and you know, for you know me, but for the people that don't know me, is like I'm I'm kind of obsessive. Um, I'm one of those obsessive fanboys when it comes to um, you know the RPG game that I'm into, which is you know largely D and D Pathfinder. You're a collector. Yes. Yes, I will buy books even if I don't end up using them. I might go um, so far as to say you're a completist. I or was pretty close, pretty close. I, I was for a while. I've gotten away from it um, a bit because there for a long time with the with the uh, Watsy um, miniature sets, uh, the the three five miniature sets. Um, I was I was definitely like going all out to to complete those. Well, in um, in defense of completism. If you're gonna collect stuff, why not collect all of it? If you're right. gonna, if you're gonna collect it, collect it. Yeah, yeah don't, exactly. Don't half-ass that. <laughs> don't half-ass two things. Your, whole ass one. Get thing. yourself a couple of bonus rooms in a storage facility and go nuts. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> if so, you got money for minis, you got money for a bonus for a bonus room in the storage facility. Yep. <laughs> yes, you do. Hey, there you go. There you go. So while I did away with the storage facility, I do have my bonus room chock full of stuff and. You know, and I've got some shelves, and I've been starting to unpack it. And I'm like, I'm loading up the shelves. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I don't even have, I don't even have, because I lost a couple shelving units um, in the in the moving process. Um, and fell off the not, truck. No, they were. Um, so as I had mentioned, you know, there were there were two different moving days, right? There was the the one prior to the squatters, and then there was another day post squatters where I moved some stuff. Um, and the, the, the squatters, if there was a flat surface, they burned stuff on pretty much any flat surface that was left. Um, it candle, wow. um, or it was painted, um, or it was, you know, I mean, it just, it was, or it had cigarettes had been put out on it. I mean, it just, there was, these people lived there for like, I don't know, six weeks and they pretty much destroyed everything that was left in that house. Um, what little bit I managed to salvage, you know, I, I salvaged, but, um, you know, I lost some shelving units in the process. So I'm like, as I'm unpacking stuff and I'm like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And more importantly, why do I need to really unpack it? Because I'm going to unpack it and then it's just going to be put on display. Do I really want to put it on display? So I'm kind of having this like existential collection crisis right now. <laughs> oh, well, good luck with that. 
<laughs> I don't I don't have anything to tell you because my my home is full enough. <laughs> I've got enough stuff that uh I may have to call <laughs> my belongings sometime in the next couple uh, year or two. I may, have yep. to, may may do the thing where I've seen some other people point out they go through their they go through their stuff and it's like if this doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Like if if you don't get something out of it right now, Right here and yep. now, at this moment, dump it. Yeah. Yep. yep. The, pro- the so problem it, is the problem is that ha- the giant collection that fills the bookshelves on an entire wall, just looking at that, can bring you joy if you yep. are so into collecting. Like mm-hmm. just having, simply owning that collection, can, yep. can be that to you. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and then the other thing is, is like for, in the example of like four eBooks, and I'm, I'm going to guess that the, uh, that the first edition Pathfinder stuff is going to go the same way. You know, once the new edition of Pathfinder comes out, um, in, I guess, August, um, no, 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 that's the, like the, it's, they're just doing this play testing right now. The next edition of Pathfinder's right. over a year mm-hmm. away. Sure, sure. But it's, but, but they're selling the play test books. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're, so is like while it's it's not an official new edition yet. Yeah, sure. There, it's it, people that are really into Pathfinder. They're going to start moving into the into the playtesting that stuff. Right. And, well, they're going to be know. playing with that, with that book or books, and they're not going to sure. do much with their old books unless right. they're unless it's you know relatively easy, easy to translate stuff forward. And and I don't get the impression that that's necessarily going to be the case. But at any rate, point being is that you're gonna you know I'm gonna have all these books like you know forty. You know, the 4E is not easily translatable into 5E. Um, 3.5 is much easier, easily translated into 5E. Um, the fluff for 3.5 fits into 5E better. But, you know, you see, I've got all these 4E books that I collected. And what do I do with them? Nobody really wants to buy them because I, I don't, I think there's very few people playing 4E. The, pe- um, the people who still really dig 4E got all their books. Right, right. We're, we're so, not making new 4E fans. Right. So these books are essentially worthless. I mean, I might get pennies for a single book. And the time that you spend looking, finding someplace to sell them for a buck a piece is not worth it. Right. Throw them out, recycle them, give them to a library or a school. There you go. See, if somebody said throw them out and I, and, and I like literally got nauseous. I mean, I'm not talking about figuratively. (laughs) I literally got nauseous. Throw them out. <laughs> Threw up a little in your mouth. Somebody suggested giving away his gaming books and Ray got a tummy ache. No, no, no. no. Give, giving away, I can handle it. If I could find some place right. that I knew wasn't going to go, oh, thank you, and then chuck them in the garbage, um, I, I would do that. Um, if Because if, you don't uh, want to chuck them in the garbage. Right, right. Such and, a waste. And, I mean, even recycling, I'm like, well, for that matter, I'll sit there and cut out all the pretty pictures and and turn it into a collage. <laughs> you know what I'm imagining? When Ray gives away his, uh, he gives his 4E books away to somebody that he thinks is going to enjoy them and get some use out of them. I'm imagining Ralphie and his little brother at the Christmas tree with the socks. <laughs> where <laughs> they just toss them over their shoulder. They look at them and then they look at each other. And, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. You know, and, and, the, and I've got a whole bunch of Pathfinder books. And now that this new version of Pathfinder is coming out, it's like, oh, what the hell am I going to do with this stuff now? But in fairness, you know, when it comes to the gaming thing, that's kind of the deal all the way. You know, you might, it is. you might, it's Correct. always been, you know, earlier versions of D&D, other games that came out years ago. And same thing, same thing goes for board games and card games and everything else, too. Like you people who really get into those types of hobbies they move they buy new they buy the new thing they buy the new thing and so the old stuff hangs around every so often they go back and crack one of those open again for the nostalgia factor to just say oh we should play traveler again or you know the old James Bond game or whatever sure um, and then you know they they play that one time or three times and then that's it or they go back to some old board game or something yep you know that's that's what you buy into when you get into that hobby. You do. <laughs> that's, that's part you, of it. You do. And, and, and edition wars people, all the people who get all cranky when a new edition of a game comes out, you bought into this. Yep. And, and anybody, who, anybody who has been in the gaming hobby for more than five years um, has seen something like that happen where some edition of some game became obsolete because something new came along or they just abandoned something 
because it's not being supported or whatever. You know, there's, yep. there's precisely zero reason to complain because that's, that's how it is. Right. And, and to be straight, I'm not complaining about the industry or the industry's habits because no, you've, you've companies have to, yeah, they have to make money. And the way they make money is by releasing new stuff. And, and you have to keep, you have to keep it fresh in order to continue to get new people into the hobby. And you have to continue to, the old people that have bought all the, the, you know, they've bought the core books and maybe they've bought some other supplemental books, you know, well, suddenly they're playing your game you created, but they're not spending money on it anymore because they got everything they wanted. So I, in order to maintain viability as a company, they have to, they have to do this periodically. And then on top of that, you know, after some years playing, especially in role-playing games, after some years playing a specific rule set, you might find, well, you know, we've, as we've continued to play this game as developers, we've continued to house rule new stuff. And all of a sudden, oh, wait, you know what? We have almost a whole new game here. Let's put out a new book. I accept <laughs> my, 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 my complaint is... <laughs> he got really worked up there. A little bit. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... My my complaint is is not so much um, it's it's not the industry at all it's it's just in like the stuff that I've personally accumulated because like you said I'm a completist I'm a collector right you know I've dabbled in I've dabbled in Warhammer Fantasy before it became Age of Sigmar um, I dabbled in Warhammer 40k um, before it became the new version of Warhammer 40k. Um, you know, I've played Pathfinder and D and D, and you know, I mean, I've been playing D and D since since just after what's now called the OD and D days, right? You know, I had like the the original basic and expert set and the the rule cyclopedia and first edition AD and D. You know, I, and I've still got that stuff. And and you know, don't want to talk about nostalgia factor. Wow. Um, you know, as I was unpacking that, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm going through and unpacking my room and I discovered the box that had the, had, that had the A, D and D stuff in it, you know? And it's like, and I pulled open those books and the smell just like, there was like a flood of, of gaming memories just from the smell of the books alone. It was pretty awesome. Um, but you know, like the, now I have all this stuff, you know, and it goes back to that George Carlin thing. You've got stuff. You've got to get a bigger house to have more stuff. So you can get more stuff. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, I was talking to one of Kaylee's with friends. With more bonus rooms. Yes. Yeah. And I was talking with one of Kaylee's friends' moms when I talked about buying this house. And uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm debating about this house. I really like this house. It's beautiful. And when, when Kaylee and I walked in to look at it, she looked up at me with these big eyes and she said, wow, daddy, it's beautiful. And I can see my real estate agent's eyes just going, cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... And I told her, and I said, you know, but this, there's so much more space than we need. I mean, this is, you know, this is a house for um, a mom and a dad with, you know, with two kids easily, you know, and here it is just going to be me and her moving in. And she said, oh, you'll use that space. I have no doubt. Um, and, and the bonus room is like already just like overflowing. Um, and, I, and I'm moving some of my, because I've recently gotten back into LARPing. So, um, and for those that don't know what LARPing means, live action role playing. So it's the Uber nerd. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, and I've, I've, I've had to get some stuff for that and I'm like, okay, well this is costuming stuff. Uh, you know what? This can go into my big gigantic, um, as, as, uh, one of Kaylee's friends, uh, dad said, Oh, you have a woman closet. So I have this big gigantic <laughs> I mean, I have got this big, gigantic closet. I mean, you can get dressed in this closet, right? So nice. um, I, am, I am putting, like, some of my nerd stuff in the closet as opposed to leaving it in the bonus room. That closet sounds like a bonus room. Well, It's, it's a small bonus room. If, I, I mean, that, if it's nerd, had, nerd clothes, they go in the closet. Right. Sure. <laughs> I, think, I think the big takeaway here, Ray, is that we've all come to realize um, is that Collectors and you know gamers by often by definition are collectors um, are much like gases, they expand to fill their containers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, this is, this is true. Did you know we had that, Ray? The... <laughs> well, I must not have ever been funny before because I don't think I've ever heard that. No, it's, that's it's, new. It's new. Oh, since, that's new. Okay. Since March. <laughs> Oh yes, and it's definitely been uh, a new addition since I 
since the last I was on. Are we ready to rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can uh, hit a news item or two uh, sure. before we wrap this. <laughs> now that we've uh, learned everything there is to know about uh, two of the rooms in Ray's house. <laughs> Well, this just goes to goes to show that we need to have Ray on more often. Yeah, because we we get piled we, up with all these stories and stuff that's going on. Got to get on yeah. more often, Ray. What's going yeah. on, man? So, well, now but that his, now his now life that, his uh, life gets in the way sometimes. No, I know. Yeah. Right, and and the last couple of years have been um it, you know exceptionally volatile um between uh, the the stuff that happened with the now X um and uh just getting you know the the moving from the old place um having to be living with my stepmom for two years which you know was it was fantastic that she let us move in um but you know as a as an adult um living with a parental unit can be uh you know it can, it can be a little odd at times um it definitely kind of uh you could squash your your mojo um <laughs> you know it, it but living, no, now I'm here in my own place. I'm getting settled. Uh, we're not fully unpacked yet. Um, I'm, I'm painting. I've got a, one, of the, one of the spare bedrooms. Like you've got the, the, the podcast room, right? Sure. So the, I've got a bedroom set up for Kaylee, and I'm working on the spare bedroom is going to be her playroom because um, much like I tend to buy too much stuff for myself <laughs> um, in, the, in the gaming arena, um, I also am a big sucker for when her and I go um, shopping and she's like, oh, daddy, look at this toy. This is so cool. And I look at it and um, and I'm like, oh, wow, that is really cool. You should have it here. (laughs) (laughs) And and that room will become known as the Caltrop room. (laughs) Where the whole floor is just littered with stuff to step on and hurt yourself on. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yep. Hey, I don't need to go in there. <laughs> if that's why it's the playroom, it's it's you know it's upstairs. It's the it's the extra spare bedroom. I don't even need to go in there. <laughs> that's like regular guest James who went into his son's bedroom while he was on Skype with us mm-hmm. on his phone, and you know all of a sudden he's like, "Ow, ow, ow!" because he stepped on Legos in his bare oh. feet. <laughs> oh, they 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 hurt so much. <laughs> No matter which way they're flipped. <laughs> that's that's no, the definition of a good caltrop. No matter how they fall, they sure. should have a pointy bit up. Yep. Well, sort of like a D4. Yeah. <laughs> Your typical pyramidal four-sided die will do that. Yes, sir. Oh, Lord. I hear a pause. <laughs> what's what's new- news? What's, what's, oh, Craig? what's news? Let's see. You had the drop on me there, but you didn't follow yeah, through. I know. Buffalo Wild Wings uh, got nah. ha- <laughs> got hacked last night, their, their Twitter account. <laughs> oh, that was a hack? <laughs> I thought that was just creative marketing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the quote, the line in their, their t- the tweet was, our secret recipe is Tommy's cum. <laughs> That's what makes our wings so good, exclamation point, winky face. Oh, <laughs> this is not the thing I saw. No. <laughs> And of course, somebody immediately created a, um, a Twitter account called Tommy the Wing Sauce Machine <laughs> and responded to it. <laughs> wow. By the way, when I help, quote, make the secret sauce for the Buffalo Wild Wings, I make sure th- I make sure to I make sure that all the chickens I watch are hormone free. It's a fun watching chickens. Thanks for all the 967 likes. I have to work really hard to supply all three of Buffalo Wild Wings non-football season customers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We're and then the... and then Buffalo Wild Wings Twitter came on and they said, you know, <laughs> well, we were hacked. <laughs> we apologize for the awful post, which obviously did not come from us. And my brother, of course, responded to it. And that's how I found out, found out about this in the first place, because apparently my brother follows Buffalo Wild Wings. On Twitter, or maybe somebody else pointed him to. I don't know. So that was fun. <laughs> what else is news? <laughs> oh, um, got a million dollars laying around? Sure. Now that I got that fat Kickstarter money. <laughs> You're supposed to be spending that on illust- I'm a, illustrations and I'm layout. A few, and I'm a few zeros short of that million. <laughs> editing and 
Yeah, so the uh, Pearl Royale, it's R-O-Y-A-L-E. I assume that's supposed to be pronounced Royale, not mm-hmm. Royal. Pearl Royale from uh, Australian jeweler Colin Byrne. Colin Bain. Colin Bain, <laughs> yep. My inspiration was to create something that shows the value people place on sex. People spend lots of money for the experiences of owning Maseratis and the like. And the like. That's <laughs> yeah. like Minnesotan. Maseratis and the like. <laughs> but would they pay for this? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> would they pay for the? What are they paying? Yeah, okay. yeah it's, uh, it's a uh, platinum body, 2,000 diamonds, royal blue sapphires, and, quote, very rare pink diamonds. Bullshit. Very rare. Whatever. Diamonds. Shut up. Yeah. He says, uh, he says, don't, don't worry. You won't get cut on the gems. They're flush set. Here to guess what this is? A dildo. <laughs> Close. <laughs> it's a dildo with batteries. It's a vibrator. <laughs> One million dollars covered with wow. diamonds. Are those, are they flush set in there? Like really secure <laughs> with a really good adhesive or are they going to start flying out when you turn that vibrator on? It's like... <laughs> 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 That's a uh, that's an interesting uh, ER late night story for some nurse and some doctor somewhere. <laughs> we, we he had a diamond studded vibrator up his butt, or <laughs> just fell on it. We uh, we got her up in the stirrups and opened it up, and a bunch of diamonds fell out. <laughs> She's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that again? (laughs) Is that like the goose that laid the golden egg? Like once a week, maybe? That'd be awesome. (laughs) All right. Jeez. Well, speaking of golden eggs, this this Australian guy has also uh, created a, uh, previously, a gold egg-shaped vibrator for $25,000, a white gold dildo for $38,000, and a gold-handled whip made of human hair for $19,000, all of which have actually sold to real people. Who presumably used them? Maybe they just collect them. <laughs> it's all sold to one person. <laughs> it just has this wall full of weird um, sex toys. So, sex toys sex made toys. out of odd yeah. materials he's, and he's precious cr- metals. Currently on a trip uh, to L.A., Las Vegas, Miami, and New York, looking for gallery owners willing to display the vibrator along with the other items uh, from his collection. If he finds the a gallery space, he's going to call it Olisbos, which is apparently Greek for dildo. I did not look that up. Lisbos with an I, not Lesbos. That's okay. close. According to him, there is a preliminary interest from Russian jewelers and members of the hip hop community. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thinking about that and okay, yeah, that makes sense. Wow. So you got a grill in your mouth with all these diamonds attached to it, and then you got a in your with a lot of diamonds attached to it. See, how many other openings in our bodies can we fill with diamonds? Diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff a bunch in your ears, up your nose. You know, I've heard that diamonds were a girl's best friend, but I didn't think about it in that way. Jeez. Uh, hey, if, if you were, you know, depending on what you were into, I suppose you could uh, stud your penis with, with diamonds. Did, uh, is the diamonds are a girl's best friend? Is that in the article? No. That should be what's, that Fail. should be the name of the exhibit. Fail. <laughs> that, that, when this guy goes to display this, wherever he displays it, that should be what the exhibit is called. Well, like you pointed out, it's not necessarily for girls only. That's true, but it's, it's a good name. <laughs> Uh, he promises it will deliver, quote, a million-dollar orgasm, although he acknowledges that it has yet to be road-tested. Quote, <laughs> road-tested. The prototype has been tried, and it works exceptionally well. The real one is in a vault. We don't want to soil it. What does the prototype have taped to it? Like chocolate chips? or I mean, what? <laughs> no, it's Tic Tacs. Uh, cubic zirconia. <laughs> Fake diamonds. Yeah. Um, okay. The prototype. Now, see. Million dollar orgasm. Define that. They don't want to soil it. Right here, they're missing out on 
a multi-million dollar opportunity, I think. Because think about how much this thing costs. I mean, it's maybe that big. It's covered with tiny little diamonds because there's two thousands of two thousand of them, so they're cheap diamonds. They're they're you know the platinum probably costs as much as all the jewels that are on it, as small as they are. It's right. maybe a hundred thousand dollars, including the R and D for designing it and packing it full of two two motors. <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, he's making. 10 times what he put into it, maybe five times, five to 10 times what he put into it. What if he did let it get soiled by someone famous? Oh. <laughs> How much could he charge for it then? This diamond. 10, 20, 50 million. <laughs> Unwashed. Unwashed. <laughs> used by, you know, name your Jenna Jameson or Jameson. Of like an actual Hollywood celebrity. Jenna, your go to was Jenna Jameson. <laughs> I don't know. Um, first of all, she's not in porn anymore. That's fine. <laughs> who's the Who's the uh, Baywatch woman? I was gonna. I was you. You waited a little on saying woman, and I was gonna say Hassel. Hassel. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond studded vibrator well, used by David Hasselhoff. Two million dollars. That was our first idea, but when we got it back, we had to wash it. Or the Rock from the movie. <laughs> Baywatch, the Baywatch movie that they made, The Rock, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock oh, Johnson. He was in. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'll tell I you. I'll tell that. you what. What about uh, uh, Gail Godot? Gail Godot, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Hell yeah. Hundred million. Let, let her soil it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That'd be a hundred million. Yeah, if they could. Well, I'm sorry. Her let her it. road test it. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> Is it really though? No. Nah. Okay, what else have we got here? Let's see. <laughs> Good lord. Um Ellie, I don't know how to pronounce the last name here, so I'm gonna just rhyme it with Marriott. Ellie Sherriot, who runs a PR agency, was flying from Las Vegas to Philadelphia on Tuesday when she said one of her seatmates exposed himself as the passenger from hell. Her tweets about the situation subsequently went viral. Uh, Southwest, uh, you know, at Southwest Air, we have an issue. I've spent this entire flight sitting next to a guy who has his iPad open on the tray table watching porn without using headphones or anything. And twice now, his body has started shaking oh, in the throes no. of his orgasmic bliss. Wow. It's been on a, a nearly plane. <laughs> on a plane. It's in, been a in nearly front of everybody. Yep. It's been a nearly five hour assault assault on all my senses. What was she tasting? Five he hours. doesn't even have a nice uh, uh, she got you know, it's the eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> it's tiny AF. <laughs> Not full on micro or anything, but damn near close. <laughs> so was was he And like, yes, I've like, seen it like... because he hasn't bothered to hide it. Wow. Wow. Oh my God! He just filled his uh, filled napkins to the flight attendant to throw away. <gasps> There's no way the staff working on this flight hasn't witnessed what's been happening or noticed it. Yeah, yeah. Did Southwest respond? Well, they apologized and they said they were deeply disturbed. Um, of course they were. Wow! Watching the prawn Southwest. That's what you get for flying Southwest. Fly Delta. You hardly ever get masturbated on on Delta. Delta, if you'd like yeah. to sponsor the podcast. I was going to say, at, <laughs> at Southwest Tweet, hey, at least we didn't beat a, beat a guy up and drag him off the plane at United. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe it was, the, uh, the, maybe it was the, the Wild Wings Timmy guy that was just you know, working a little it was, overtime. It was Tommy. Tommy, she, she yeah. Was, she was sitting next to Tommy. And he was coming from Las Vegas. I'm sorry, he was traveling from Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He could have been sitting on the million dollar dildo vibrator. It's possible. Uh, ma'am, ma'am, did you hear a and did a diamond suddenly fly into your, <laughs> into your ear? Into your into your uh, your little plastic cup full of diet coke. What the hell is that? Ping! Right is up that, your nose. Is that, oh, is that a diamond? <laughs> well, I'll tolerate this if I'm gonna get diamonds out of it. <laughs> There's there's a question for you. <laughs> Ray, how many diamonds would it take <laughs> for you to sit on a five hour flight with with Fappy with, with, with Tommy. With with Fappy Porn Watcher here. 
how many diamonds would it take? Tommy McFap wings. Hey, you know, if, if, if I didn't, as long as I didn't have to participate, I probably could put up with it. If I, if somebody were giving me diamonds that were actually worth something. So how many? <laughs> that was the question was one, one diamond, five, per, one diamond per hour. How big are the diamonds? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, I could, I could put up with that for, you know, probably about $500,000 worth of diamonds. I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the same. That's, that's the question. You know, like, how much would it take thing that you see all the time posted? Like, I saw something on Facebook or Twitter or something a few months back, which was like, you know, would you punch your brother in the face for a million dollars? It's like, I would put my brother in the hospital for a million dollars. Sorry, one. sorry, Kurt. Well, I'd I, have to ask, Kurt's going Kurt, to have to take that beating because Clark has a daughter to deal with. He's, he's got a dependent. If, if Kurt ends up in the hospital, they'll just bring in a substitute teacher and everything will be okay. Except who, my brother who, will be in the hospital. Who gets his dog? Oh, somebody will take care of the dog. <laughs> He has a dependent, too. When's Kurt on the show? Mm, <laughs> four, four weeks from now. Okay. He'll remember this for the rest of his life. <laughs> Three years from now, I'm going to go up there for Christmas, and he's going to just start beating the living crap out of me. You're like, You don't, you don't want to know how I knew that right off the top of my head? That it's, it's a while before Kurt comes on here? Because I was looking to see if Andy was on here anytime soon. Uh. So I could save that, that uh, dildo story for him no it's three weeks <laughs> anyway two weeks oh my god it's only do we have anything else or are we kevin questioning or i was wrong we do have a kevin question okie dokie ray have you been part of the show with a kevin question before i believe he has i have, don't believe i have okay there's a guy named kevin who asks us questions and we answer them okay hey kevin <laughs> <laughs> kevin ray ray kevin all right, now that we have the pleasantries out of the way, 65 question. Did we Is it 1965? No, it's the it's number 65. Oh, okay. It's been going on for a while. Apparently. <laughs> Kevin asks, "Did we change the standard on what you do when walking and you are coming up on someone else?" Recently, I have noticed that when walking toward someone down a hallway or a sidewalk, I move to my right to avoid smashing into someone and they move to their left. Forcing that weird side-to-side dance thing. Am I screwing this up? Did we decide to move to the left and no one told me? <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> no, Kevin, you're doing it right. They're doing it wrong. We live in America. We drive on the right side. We walk on the right side. You walk the way you drive. You do not walk on the left side. Unless you're from Britain or Australia or any of those other countries that drive on the left. You see, Kevin, what we have here is a problem with illegal aliens, you see. Uh, they, they clearly <laughs> all those don't illegal, know. All those illegal British immigrants. They, they clearly don't know how to walk on the right side of the, of, of the hallway. Who's this character? Um, and, they, they, and, and they get confused by your sudden movement to the right. And, and uh, as, as we all know, when, when you're motivating down one direction and, and your eyes are drawn towards an object to the right or the left, you naturally tend to steer to the right or to the left. So when when you make that sudden movement to the right, people that aren't used to moving uh, correctly will suddenly be drawn to the location that you've moved to. So regardless of whether you move to the right or the left, you're screwed. <laughs> You know what I think? What do you think, Craig? I think these people just want to hug. <coughs> wow. Holy crap. Sorry, I was coughing. What do you say? I think they just want to hug. <laughs> They're intentionally uh They just want to yeah, they just want a little trying human, to run into you. A little human contact, a little affection. That's kind of creepy. Hey, Kevin, next time you t- you s- scooch to the right to go past somebody and they scooch to the left, just walk up to them and give them a big old hug. Maybe Throw a little kiss. Arms maybe open. a little kiss on the cheek. Or better yet, don't don't actually give the hug because that you know that could get you maced. Um, just throw like like Ray said, just throw your arms open with a with a big grin on your face and said, "Who wants a hug?" I guarantee you, they'll move to the other side, or they'll give you a hug. Either way, you win. The majority of the world drives on the right. 
I did not know this. I would have assumed it was the left. Just because America's always wrong. Just, it's always well, in the minority no. on, on that kind of stuff. Just, we, we're the only ones with the imperial system. We just, don't use metric. Just because you see it happen so up. much. Maybe it's because we have so much British television here. I don't know. The British Isles, um, Australia, Australia, Tasmania, Tasmania, New Zealand, New Zealand, the Japan, Kiwis drive on the Japan, um, some, some, all, all of those islands and chains of islands and in, in Southeast Asia, north of Australia that are part of Oceania, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, India. Some countries around India, the the southeastern quarter of Africa, but not Madagascar, and two tiny little countries on the northern coast of South America, north of Brazil. I'm not sure which ones those are. This map is small, and my geography is bad. Otherwise, everybody else drives on the right. Okay, maybe, Kevin, you're just uh, coming into contact with an inordinate number of British, Australians, Kiwis, Tasmanians, Southeast Indians, Africans, Southeast Africans, and Polynesian. And Japanese. And Japanese and, you know, Oceania country people. And Maybe they're just, you know, you just, I don't know. You need, to start, you need to start hanging around with some Europeans, like some mainland Europeans and some South Americans, apparently. I thought more people in Europe drove on the left. It's just the British Isles. And, those and, c- and is that, does that include Ireland? The, those crazy I can't Brits. remember the Venn diagram of all the different... UK, England, British okay. Isles. Okay, for the last time, there are three countries on the island that is known as Britain or Great Britain. That is England, Scotland, and Wales. On the island that is known as Era, there is Ireland and Northern Ireland. England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland together are the United Kingdom, but they are not Great Britain. Only the three countries on the island are Great Britain. Guyana and Suriname, <laughs> but not French Guyana. Which is spelled different with right, an because, I, not a Y. Right, because France is on the right side, so the French, the French, the French drive on the right Guyanans. side. So of course the French Guyanans spell their name different and drive on the on on the right side. The <laughs> anyway, I got, that's all the answers I got. There's a bunch of options. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, conduct a study and see which of our uh, <laughs> our uh, possible explanations are correct. We will expect the uh, answers to that in one month, and we'll assume you're wrong because two thirds of study are crap studies. <laughs> two thirds of study. I talk good. <laughs> Two thirds of the things that come out of Mike's mouth are crap. What? <laughs> <laughs> but let me clarify: one hundred percent of the things that come out of my butt are crap. <laughs> no light bulbs. <laughs> no pegging. No diamonds. No diamonds. No, no diamond f- encrusted. No flashlights. Anything. No flashlights. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of things that are shaped like that. Coke bottles. Bananas. Glass, not plastic. <laughs> Rubik's cubes. Whoa! <laughs> wouldn't that be a treat? Wouldn't that be a hell of a? Craig, do you have wombat turds? No. Wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be a trick though? If somebody did, you know, like, took a scrambled up Rubik's cube, put it up, put there, it up and then... there, ando, <laughs> and then pooped it out, shifted in their seat for a little while, and then <laughs> all solved. Well, ando can do that with his hands really fast, so maybe he's the best candidate for figuring that out. Ando, get working on that, Ray. Thank you for joining us on the show. And thanks for having me. Come uh, back now that, now anytime. That settled, yeah, now that things have settled often. down a bit more for me, I'd, I'll, uh, I should be able to get on a bit more often. Great. Sweet. We miss you, Ray. <laughs> well, thank you. Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And you can go to nerdburgergames.com for game stuff. I'm talking a little bit more about a uh, super secret project I have going on called Project Thunderhawk. And you can go to drivethroughrpg.com to buy Murders and Acquisitions. If you want to get in on Capers and miss the Kickstarter or uh, whatever, you can go find it on Backer Kit and get Slacker. The, and, and get a pre-order that's the, basically the same deal as what the Kickstarter $15 backer level thing was. You can search for it uh, um, Capers RPG Backer Kit. You'll find it. There you go. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig take listeners on a tour of the Nerdburger Studios, revealing who we keep, um, what we keep in what? our huh? bonus room. Okay.
Oh, you're talking about Mr. McGiblets, right? Sure. I don't, I don't like the look on your face right now. You don't have any diamonds with you, do you? I, I used to murder people, what? but I'm feeling much better now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've been watching Night Court. <laughs> That's Harry's dad's catchphrase. Oh, okay. He was in the nuthouse in the really? psychiatric hospital. And he always, every episode that he's on, he says something about something weird that he used to do or something. And then he, he would, he punctuates it with, but I'm feeling much, much better, better now. now. And it's, it's, uh, who plays him? John Aston. Oh, okay. <laughs> with those big wide eyes. Yeah. He's kind of goofy, crazy looking. Yeah. The guy who raised Sean Aston, but isn't actually his biological father. <laughs> We've talked about that. Go find it on an old episode. You can use the Andy Memorial search engine <laughs> on the website to find that. <laughs> It's a memorial because we like Andy, not because anything happened to him. He's not tied up in the closet here in the Nurburger studio. He asked to be to have it named after him, so I did. And I was like, well, why would I name something after somebody? Well, because they're dead. <laughs> Eventually, he will be. So we made it a memorial. Like we all will. In the grand scheme of the life of the universe, we are all dead. We, are, we, are, we live for so little time that That's true. we might as well just be dead. Yeah. Except for me, I, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I, I got a game to put out. I can't die until after Capers is out. Even on a geologic time scale where our lifespans are nothing, right? You don't even have to a expand blip. it to the universe. You can yeah. just talk about the planet. <laughs> Moving along. Bye. 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 <laughs>